Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica, and I'm an early childhood special education teacher in Minnesota, working in early intervention. This podcast is about connecting through stories and bringing research and best practice to life and on the road and on real visits. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own practices with families. The podcast is also on Instagram, so you can find it at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast and check it out there. And you can also find it um, on Teachers Pay Teachers. So the storefront is called All Things Early Intervention. You can find handouts and resources to help you in your coaching journey with families on there as well. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. And I realize I have not podcasted since December 4th, and it is now February, and I feel really bad about that. But um, thank you to those who continue to listen and share with providers in the field that, you know, I'm really excited about that. And those of you, I appreciate all of you who have went to the Teachers Pay Teachers storefront, and more is coming on that website it's, it's just a matter of time. So thank you for that. But I started this series back in December, Am I Coaching? And I started with part one and I put some things on Instagram about practice. And I podcasted on practice. And then I later <clears throat> um, posted about... Um, discussion and problem solving and observation. So I'd like to dive into that today. So are you coaching part two, discussion, observation, and problem solving? And I put these reflective statements up on Instagram and I'm going to read them and you can just kind of think, think about them. I initiate a discussion about the family's priorities, needs, and plans for the visit. So I'm just going to let that sink in. So when do you do that? I initiate a discussion about the family's priorities, needs, and plans for the visit. Is that happening in between visits? Is that happening at the beginning of the visit? Did it happen at the end of the last visit? So if you're not doing it, obviously you should be doing it and you're probably doing it in some capacity, but be, are you being intentional about what is that going to look like on the next visit or what is that going to look like today for the visit? Here is the next uh, reflective statement when it comes to discussion and observation. I have reflective conversations to help the caregivers think through what they know, have already tried, or want to change. So this can happen frequently in visits where, you know, families are in crisis, families are in survival mode, and they're they're not knowing where to start or what to do. And before we start fixing because we are a help giving practice. This is a help. This is a, you know, people 
guided, people-provided practice, people-centered is what I want to say, people-centered practice, we typically want to help and fix. But before we can do that, we need to have reflective conversations with caregivers and think of, help them think through why are they doing the things that they are doing? What have they already tried? Was it a success? Was it a failure? And what, what do they want to change? Next reflective statement. I observe caregiver-child interactions and family routines and activities whenever I can. So this is tricky. So these can be planned and unplanned um, interactions. And it can be really difficult for providers who are new to coaching or new to early intervention to trust that these interactions will happen. And seizing them, pointing them out, you know, letting them happen naturally too, while you just kind of sit back, can be really uncomfortable for some, not everyone, but they need to happen. And I'll, I'm going to pause now and kind of dive into a little story here. I've been having visits for several weeks with a son and dad and they're very sweet visits but dad is definitely more of an observer he's really good with him communication is key is kind of the priority imitation and just getting him to vocalize he has some wonderful foundational skills um so it's just that taking that next step towards like trying to imitate vocally and and a lot of times I am intentionally narrating and demonstrating, but I never stay in that position by any means uh, because dad is does prefer to sort of watch. That kind of is just where he feels the most comfortable. But we were wrapping up the visit last week and I brought my handout delayed response with because I'm like, I think this is something that's happening, or I think this is something we need to talk a little bit about more. So at the end of the visit, or I shouldn't say it was at the end, but I would say there was probably a good 25 minutes left of the visit, 20 minutes. I kind of sidestepped what, you know, all the narration and demonstration I was doing because I don't want it to be like that the whole time. And I started engaging dad in some conversation about using visuals, Um, And we were in his kitchen, but it was also like dining room, sunroom, living room type thing, um, very open area. And we started talking about how his son requests, you know, he'll go to the fridge or he'll bring dad something to open or get that type of thing. So we started talking about visuals kind of like as a menu and I was asking if he'd be open to trying some which ones would he like to try but as you know we're talking about food and snacks his son was like food snacks so he started like pointing and gesturing to the top of the fridge where the foods and snacks were kept and dad went through explaining like well he has this snack cup and I fill the snack cup and so as we're talking about the routine 
his son was like, you guys are talking about food. I want food. I want snacks. So then he, hey, buddy, you want a snack? Do you want goldfish or fruit snacks? And, you know, his. so he was delaying this response really naturally. He gave him his cup and there was Teddy Grahams already in it. And he's like, look, there's Teddy Grahams in it. You can finish your Teddy Grahams, his little snack cup. And his son was just like, no, and kind of gesturing up. He wanted the goldfish. So then his dad got the goldfish and was like, you want goldfish, goldfish. And he kind of just had these really beautiful, natural pauses. And I just stayed silent through this entire exchange and routine and interaction. And when it was done, I gave my handout called delayed response to the dad that I brought because I was going to talk about it anyways. And I just said, you do this beautifully. Like this is what you're doing. You are delaying the response. You're expecting more from him. You're creating space and time for him to communicate. You're modeling without any expectation that he imitate you, but you're providing that model. That is happening beautifully. And it was a great moment for dad and I. I think we finally connected. Not like connected, but like um, he, you know, it was just like, there was some relaxed, like you can definitely change, tell there was a change in our relationship. I feel like, because there was some trust a little bit more. He felt, he definitely felt more confident. He was like, Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, we've been working on this and this and that. And, um, with mom too. And I'm just like, absolutely. I can tell. And these are the moments that are, you know, making progress for him. So, the whole idea of observing caregiver child interactions and family routines and activities whenever you can, if it feels daunting, they will happen. Let them happen naturally. And if you need, you know, if you need to say something in those moments, if it feels awkward for you to stay quiet in those moments, you can feel free to say to the caregiver, like, I'm just going to observe while this happens. I want to see what he does or she does, um, that type of thing. But they will happen. It's, sometimes it's things you plan for. Um, I've had many visits where we plan like a lunchtime, for example. And so that's a very obvious and, and big routine that I'm watching or diaper changes, um, that type of thing. So sometimes it is something you plan for, but not always. And you got to look for them. Here's the next reflective statement. I begin by specifically defining the problem. So this is where you really need to check your judgment and bias at the door. You may think you know the problem. You may know (laughs) what the problem is. But defining that problem, whether it's like listening to them and then reflecting back with them saying, I hear you say, sleep is a struggle. I hear you saying that you don't have a good sleep routine. I ha- That happened for me today on a visit. Mom was talking to me about how she didn't think she needed a schedule or routine. She just kind of thought they would fall into their own schedule and routine. She has a two-year-old and a four-month-old. 
And she's like, that's completely backfired. And I was like, okay, tell me more about that. And so we started talking about what the problem was and defining what she wanted to change, what she wanted to have happen and so forth. So, you know, reflecting back on with them, stating what the problem is before you dive into fixing it or offering suggestions or ideas. Because a lot of times, sometimes what we're offering is not what they're looking for and is not addressing the actual problem. And sometimes they don't even know what the problem is. We have to help them find it. Okay, so this goes along with problem solving. So self-reflection, are you coaching? Problem solving. I collaborate with the caregiver to solve the problem by bouncing ideas back and forth. So involve them in the process of how could this routine look differently? How could this activity look differently? I was on a visit today and we were talking about um, just kind of behaviors and tantruming behaviors. He's not one to soothe by touch. And he doesn't seek out comfort from his caregivers. But when he gets hurt or when he's getting upset, he's throwing, banging things, slapping walls, um, becoming a little bit more more destructive and kind of acting out those behaviors of aggression. And so we talked about like, where could he do those appropriately? Like, because he's not even two, like he's going to be two in, in March in a month. So it was bouncing ideas back and forth. Like what is a comfort object for him? And she's like, well, he doesn't have a comfort object. I said, well, we might need to think about a comfort object. Is there anything that comforts him right now? And she's like, well, you know, there is this blanket at nap time and bedtime, but I always wanted to not be one of those moms that, you know, where they had to drag this thing everywhere. And I said, well, he doesn't need to drag it everywhere, but we need to find something that's going to be comforting and soothing to him in those moments if it's not going to be you, Um, you know, some type of comfort object that we want to try. And then maybe an activity, like just redirecting him to something more appropriate. Um, You know, if he needs to hit, if he needs to, you know, slap his hand on something, like where could he do that? So it's, you know, it's bouncing ideas back and forth. They know their home. They know what they have access to. You kind of know what you're trying to do. Like I said, like with the whole comfort object thing, it's like, well, he doesn't have anything. It's like, well, we need to think of something. Something needs to be comforting to him. Um, so bouncing ideas back and forth. Okay. Are you coaching? Problem solving. I problem solve with the caregiver in the moment while observing a routine, activity, or interaction. So that, um, I have lots of things that come to mind when I think about this. Um, you know, I love, I love seizing moments, you know. So it's like I have this family I did a joint visit with the SLP last week. And mom is just doing a lot of questioning, a lot of questioning. What color is this? Do you want this? Do you want mommy to read to you? You know, he brought her a book. Um, So lots and lots and lots of questions over and over again. And we kind of came up with the idea of instead of mom having her 
continuously ask him questions to start making action statements. You brought mommy a book. You want me to read to you. I can read the book. Um, and then, you know, so we kind of paused in the middle of this, this interaction when he brought her the book and we provided that feedback, like instead of asking a question, think about how you can change that question into a statement. So we did that in the moment while she read the book and we did some other things too. We had her pause and close the book to see if he would request or initiate more book or that he you know, wanted to continue the activity. But the one thing we really wanted to practice with this mom was making action statements versus so many questions. And that, that happened in the moment. So problem solving in the moment, you know, while you're observing that quick routine um, or activity. Okay, here is the last one. Self-reflection. Are you coaching? Problem solving. After problem solving, I let the caregiver decide which strategy to try with the child. So this can come after discussion, after observation, after practice, at the end of the visit. You know, you've talked about all these things, but you got to finally land on something that you either want to try during the visit or that they were going to try in between visits. So, and some, because sometimes there's all this talk, 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 talk. Oh, yeah, great ideas. Got lots of great ideas. Okay, great. Yep, see you next week. Well, kind of, you know, round that up into like a purpose, a goal, a strategy, an idea, one thing that you're going to start with. And of course, that needs to be caregiver decided and caregiver led. Um, if caregivers are having a hard time figuring out, you know, you can start with really simple things like what's the easiest thing you feel like you can implement right now? Or what would you think is the easiest things you could change? Or what are you most motivated to change right now? Things like that. So it can't, it can't just be talking. It needs you know, it needs to land on something. It needs to land on a, you know, land on a plan, so to speak. I'm going to wrap with some thoughts and reflection on observation and discussion. So I think it can be really uncomfortable for providers when they're observing. But what I want to say to that is, or to invite the caregiver to, you know, either observe them or you observe the caregiver. Uh, The only thing I want to say about that is like these families that we're helping and we're working with, their lives are already really uncomfortable. So the fact that you're there to help observe, to plan, to practice things when they are hard is welcome. Like I have yet to come across a family or a visit where that wasn't something that wasn't welcomed, if that makes sense. So, you know, I have been told in the past, like, I'll say something like, oh, can I observe that? Or do you want to try that with me here? And they might say, no, I think I got it. Um, 
you know, I'm going to do this next time or I'm going to do that next time. They might want to talk it through. Um, but I, you know, observation is key to figuring out what's going on. And it's the little things we notice on the sidelines that the parents maybe don't notice because they're like, you know, on the field and, you know, in the, in the heat of all of it. So when we're on the side and we can kind of see a couple things happening that they may be not noticing, and then we can provide those small changes or talk about different things, you know, we can help a lot more when we can see what's happening, not guess what's happening, when we can actually see what is happening. And, you know, it leads its way to to further discussion later too. Um, I, so I'm going to wrap up this episode here, but I am going to give you a preview for the next episode in the series Am I Coaching Part 3. And we're going to talk about something I think is kind of exciting, kind of boring, kind of gets overlooked, but I think it's it's all really, really important. So it's about planning for between visits and how to wrap up a visit. I know that kind of seems like, duh, you just wrap it up, say goodbye, right? No, not really. Um, because key, like, like the, one of the keys to coaching and good coaching is planning, that intentional planning piece of what is going to happen in between visits. How do you wrap up so it leads to a su- successful next visit? Um, and there are very key things to be thinking about um, in, in each of those practices. So I hope you come back sooner rather than later. I hope to have it out for Are You Coaching? Part 3. And don't forget to check out the podcast on Instagram at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. And you can find that handout delayed response. I think I'll link it in the show notes so you guys can see what I'm talking about. You can, and I'll link it for free in the show notes, but you can find more handouts like that that I've created on the storefront, all things early intervention on Teachers Pay Teachers. I really worked hard on those handouts. They are meant to serve as a tool for coaches, coaching families, and early intervention. So these are like tried and true practices and phrases and things that families do. So check those out, but I will link delayed response in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll check you out on another episode of Rainbows and Rain.